everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls Podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. This week's hero is our friend and one of our favorite music supervisors in the world, Tiffany Anders. Tiffany has the best taste in music and grew up around the coolest stuff since she was a kid. We're super excited for y'all to hear this one. Please welcome to your head and heart, Tiffany Anders. Um, it's so good to see you. You too. Um, thank you for doing this. I feel like uh, just giving a brief explanation is I just like realized one of the things I miss the most is just talking to people about what they're excited about. Um, just in general, like <laughs> not I know from tour, but like just in general, it's just knowing that people you know, it's like, like, it's almost like a secret. Like, are you excited about anything? And I'm like, yeah. um, but yeah, it's always been a dream of mine to, or I always love just talking to people about what they do and what kind of mm-hmm. brought them to do what they do and uh, things, you know, people might not know about the things people do. Like, I didn't know that all clothing is made by hand. Like, did, did you know I didn't that? know that. Like no clothing is just made by a machine. Like a person has to do that. Yeah. So when I learned that, I was like, man, there's got to be secrets to every (laughs) field, you know? Um, So that's, that's mainly it. Uh, I didn't know that either. So that's, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty. I mean, I knew about sweatshops and stuff and how horrible that is, but I know it's true. You don't think about that somebody's actually somebody actually made your sweater yeah it's so weird every single t-shirt that I have somebody made yeah it's so it's so it really it boggled my mind and it made me change the way I shop because I was like I really don't need this like it used to just seem like magic before it almost you know just thinking of it as printing but it's not the idea somebody making that just sort of shifted my view yeah but yeah, I guess um, I've been watch. I've been watching your Instagram. Um, <laughs> yeah. I see all your hikes, and that's so cool. Did you do? Have you always like hiked all the time, or no? That- this became a new. This is my pandemic hobby. Cool. You know, so um, I was uh, I was really into running before this, and like you know, was always running. And then uh, I would run, I'm like really lame. I would run at the gym on a treadmill. And then, uh, you know, you couldn't go to the gym. So I, um, I started running around the Rose Bowl, but there were so many people, maskless people. And like, it was so crowded. Yeah. And then I was like, I have a friend actually who started posting. I I totally copped her and like jumped on her whole thing and was like, she was hiking a lot. And then I just was like, I can I go with you? Can I do <laughs> things with you? And then she started showing me places and it just it was safer and it like, you know, it's kind of like a nice meditative thing. Yeah. And, it's kind of needed because you can't not being so enclosed the suffocation of 
the whole pandemic thing. Yeah. Makes you feel like you have a little bit more control when you can just go out for two hours or three hours or five hours. Yeah. That's interesting. An idea of, um, of gaining control. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, when everything is so out of our control, I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. No, me too. I, do you, uh, is, does running have to do with like control or how did you get into running? How long have you done that for? I've done that for a while, actually. I go in and out of it. Um, it's actually, to be honest, it started to put a lot of stress on my body. So I was having some issues with it before this. So then the hiking, the hiking actually kind of kicks my ass more like the day wow. after. I'm like super like you're so tired afterwards that it's kind of nice to be that exhausted. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, I just for the first time in my life started like jogging and stuff like um which blows my mind because I I was just like what is wrong with people? Like why do they want to feel their body? Like I would just as soon have no body at all rather than like use it, you know? Yeah. And then um and then I started listening to like uh like Pee-wee's Big Adventure and like Danny Elfman soundtracks and stuff to make it seem a little spookier. Yeah. And that like really made me like <laughs> jogging and stuff. I was like, you know, like looking around at the trees, like what's going to come out. Um, but so I've always been so interested in how people choose to use their body. But so that's, that's cool to know. Hiking is, can do the same thing as running. Oh yeah. Wow. It just is longer and slower, okay. but, <laughs> but it definitely can wear you out. And like, I like being kind of worn out. It's, it's all kind of mental too. It's more mental than anything else. Cause it just puts you in a state of like, I don't know, like you're, you're blowing off steam and then you're, you're relaxed afterwards. And do you start with an intention or is it just to like, uh, ease the mind? Yeah, I think it's mostly to ease the mind. Wow. congratulations that's so cool I I mean I don't even think most people know their brain is attached to their body I know you know your physical and mental health is the same thing it's It's really true and I would argue that it's it's probably like I haven't like I'm not like oh my body looks so good after hiking this much in fact I think I've gained weight (laughs) from like quarantine eating but I just know that mentally it's like it's yeah. the thing that keeps me like grounded and steady. Yeah. Well, I totally understand that as I got super used, obviously the last five years of touring, it's like on and off every other month kind of. And um, I got so used to like cocooning for the month that I was home. Yeah. And then like just, and then main, trying on tour to just maintain health that yeah. like my body wasn't for anything. It was just to not, do something almost and now yeah I'm like I'm like you can't just maintain health for a year that's not good enough like you gotta choose one other thing um, I know but yeah it's it's wild but um I guess I want to ask you a question which okay is, okay so like imagine um 
imagine there's an afterlife okay okay <laughs> just imagine or, okay. and uh and you're waiting in line for whatever the afterlife is to and at the end of the line you give the master of the afterlife your cosmic business card which sort of just defines you and maybe your interests maybe like even your favorite animal your favorite color anything but what does your cosmic business card say <laughs> oh wow this is such a good question um yeah i mean it's really crazy i would guess i would define myself my like i guess this would be like a soul thing yeah and i would just i would describe myself gosh like, I want to say something really far out and really cool, but I think I would probably <laughs> just say, like, you know, like something of, like, you know, it would have to do with music. Yeah. It would have to have something musically connected to it. Yeah. Maybe it would even just be some sort of sounds that represented my soul. Wow. I don't know. Maybe it would That's be something cool. like that. Because I feel like cosmically, I've kind of come to this realization. I'm 46. Cool. I've been a music fan since I was like five. Wow. Like, like a record collector music yeah. fan. Like I had like, I was buying 45s and shit and putting on shows in my backyard and Cute. making everybody go. So I feel like my safest space and the thing that I've always been most connected to would be music. And so I guess it would be some sort of language of music. So I don't know what that would be. I don't know what my soul of music sounds is, but I know it would be music related somehow. Cool. That's amazing. <laughs> that might be a, a project to maybe get into is what does your song sound like? Your soul I know. I don't know. And maybe that's something I got to work on. Maybe. I got to like really get connected to my authentic sound and wow. self. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like um, I'm, I, I crossed a huge bridge this year of like, I know that this is so mean, but I had a serious problem with the use of some like string instruments. Like they just drove me crazy. Oh um, yeah. And I, until now, now I'm enjoying almost every kind of sound um, in a new way. Like, uh, but when I was a kid, my mom took me to see the orchestra. And uh -huh. when we got there, they were tuning and I didn't know. And I thought that that was the music. And I was like, oh, this is the <laughs> worst thing I've ever heard. So I was like, I hate violins. I hate cellos. I hate like all of those instruments I was just like they're the worst yeah. um, you know because that was just my first impression but now I'm kind of like it's weird like I'm just really getting into um sounds that used to grate on me are now like emotional I, I have emotional uses for it which is bizarre like, yeah it's a bizarre thing. I like also find myself liking like cute animals, like, yeah. you know, just like this real change. Um, I don't I know. know 
I know how that goes. Well, I think when you're a kid too, you're so, um, I don't know what it is about music and sounds when you're a kid, but I feel like you're, you have more of a, it's kind of like a food that tastes weird. You're just kind of like, ew. And I remember my mom telling me that I would, if I didn't like somebody's like an adult's tone of their speaking voice, I would tell her, I don't like their sound. Wow. Like it was like a reaction that I had to somebody's speaking voice. I mean, I still have that. I mean, yeah. I don't like a lot of people's sound, but, yeah. but she was like, you would always say, I don't like their sound. I don't like their sound. So That's I think so it's interesting. I know. I think, I think it's a sensitivity thing and you probably had that adverse reaction. And now maybe you're like, maybe now you've grown into it or maybe. something. Yeah, maybe. I, I never, yeah, I, I just... I never before understood certain music um, that now, now I do like, and not, it's so silly to be like, oh, I don't understand classical music, but it was like, I really didn't. I was like, this is, this is uh, like tricking me. This music's trying yeah. to trick me into feeling something. And now I'm like, oh, it's working. Like I am feeling like triumphant or like scared or, you know, all of these things, which I guess is kind of, relates to what you do um which I get as also I just feel like you you have the job that I'm sure most people think is like or most people is the dream job but I bet it's actually the hardest job um or I don't know can you can you explain your job and how it works I have actually no idea (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny that you just said all that about classical music because just before I got on with you, I had to um, find some what we call temp score, which is like you know um, things that the uh, music that the editors can work with while they're putting together the first cuts that will get replaced, you know, by the composer once they come in and have it assembled and scored. But typically editors cut to music. So so in a weird way. Oh wow, I did not know that. Music and film are there are more integrated than people realize because editors are constantly every scene has a BPM pretty much. You know, wow. like they're cutting to whatever. So On this show, I mean, things are starting to get a lot more streamlined because music is used so much now. And and my job, there's more people doing it. And so before the editors would just throw in something that they've used before or whatever until the composer came and did it. On this new show, they've made rules where the editors can't do that and it has to come from me. So in this one scene, I was like, they're like, and I have to go off the script. I haven't seen anything yet, you know? So they're like, we need this whole thing of this woman arriving to this school. And, you know, it's got to hit these, you know, feelings and it can't be, it can't be too soft or sweet. It's got to sound strong. And so, and they're like, it's got to sound old, ancient, So I'm like, okay, well, that's, 
That's classical music. Yeah. <laughs> so literally for the past like week, the problem with me too is that I won't stop. Like I'll keep working, I'll keep listening to stuff and keep going, yeah. down, you know. But finally today I was like, I've got to turn this in before I jump on with Bonnie. <laughs> so, but I was listening to like Mozart and Hayden and like all these composers because they do that so well. They are like, okay, here's the emotion. Right. It's, it's like triumphant. It's this, it's, you know, or it's really, really soft and delicate and sweet, or it's really, really romantic. But in a weird way, I was like, well, if they cut to this, the other thing that I have to think about is the poor composer that might have to, you know, write something similar or whatever. And I was like, well, the good thing about this is maybe they won't, um, you know, if I'm using an actual classic, if they use an actual classical piece, we can just license it. Like he doesn't have to match right. what's going on in the scene. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting job. Uh, these types of things that I do, I love, like, like I said, I could spend, I mean, hours upon hours upon hours working on one thing. Is it, is it like a puzzle or the opposite of a puzzle? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it is, it is. I mean, the creative part is super like, the other part for me that's hard is like, is this, I hope I'm on point with what they're trying to convey. Like, yeah. I haven't seen anything. So I don't even know if it's how I'm imagining what I'm reading on the right. Page. So I'm like, here's my first, you know, I always do like, here's my first batch of what yeah. I think it needs. I can go into different genres, although I'm not really sure with this one, but you know, like, so all of that stuff is cool. The cool, the hard things, you know, are like just licensing songs. Is that, that is the worst like, part? That's the worst part it's by far. Like trying to get permission or? Yeah, always the worst part. <laughs> So you are the one that has to write people and ask stuff? I do. I do. <laughs> Most of the time. I mean, on this show, luckily, I'm working with somebody. But uh, but most of the time, I'm the one trying to negotiate and, like, say, please, please, please give us this. <laughs> and please. That's so, I didn't ever think about that, that, but that must really suck is like you finally find what you think is perfect and then you need it because that's what you think is perfect, but then you got to like ask somebody. Uh, exactly. I never thought about that before. <laughs> exactly. And then you have to deal with all these people who have their ideas of what should be in there, like the, sh you know, the show creator and whoever mm -hmm. else and like... And then you have a budget. So you got to keep everything within your budget. And I mean, to be honest, that's kind of where my creative like mind comes in when I'm dealing with things like that, besides the temp score thing, which I love doing. Yeah. But, uh, but the other thing with songs, it's typically like, you know, 
somebody will have an idea for a song, like they want Aerosmith's Dream On, and I'm like, well, that's going to be like $100,000. So (laughs) how about the sweet ballroom blitz? You know, like, so then I have to like kind of think about things. And in a weird way, it makes it more interesting, you know, like sometimes they don't know these other songs or they're like, oh my God, this song works so much better than... Aerosmith or whatever you know so so I like being able to use things that people don't that aren't as on people's radars as they I think that's cool I there's certain songs that I feel like are always used you know or or just used so much and it seems so silly like but I guess that people just know they're easy to license which I I didn't think about before but there's some songs where it's like, seriously, you can't think of a better song there. I know. <laughs> I know. And I don't know what, like, at some point I'm like, is it just marketing? Like, do they just know psychologically that people respond oh, a certain way to certain Wow. Songs? That's probably yeah. part of it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, do you have, like, how does it work? Do you have, like, a manager? Or do you usually work with? certain producer or director I have a manager who's really cool and he gets me my gigs that's so cool fights for me fights for me to make sure I'm being paid enough um yeah he's super cool he's really really great his name is Neil Cohan (laughs) and (laughs) and him and his partner uh, started something for composers and music supervisors, and she's married to Mark Mothersbaugh. So no way. Yeah, so they no work way. out of his his building on that in the green building that's on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, I feel like he did the music to um, a panda movie that I saw. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like this crazy. It was such a good movie, like um, about. Um, a documentary about pandas and how they're like if they don't like they were training I think pol- or black bears to like take in the panda bears and teach them how to be a bear so that they can oh. live in the wild and like yeah and at the end I was like this music's so good who made it and I was like wow I know so cool yeah I want more people like that doing movie scores because they're always so much better and more interesting yeah they've had band experience and like it's weird it because they don't make it just like they don't make it a bunch of strings which (laughs) you know you've just warmed up to Uh, but yeah but you know like they're not thinking like that they're not thinking like orchestra so yeah well I guess to be honest is that I did, wasn't aware of how much music was in TV, um, how much sound is happening aside from the actors speaking until like our first tour when I was watching stuff on my phone and using headphones. I had never used headphones. So it was like, I had never, I didn't realize that it's constant sound. And then yeah. now I'm taking this um, uh, voiceover class cause I want to be a cartoon character. And uh uh, the lady that does it yeah. She, yeah yeah she's like she does that thing called looping which uh I guess is oh like, yeah so that I didn't 
I never thought about it. Like when we did that TV show with you where you're yeah. like have to be silent, like, and the mics are just on the actors. Like, I don't think, I never knew before that like all of the like clapping and laughing and all that stuff is like added later. Added in. Yeah, yeah. And she was talking about how she was like working for like some hospital show, whatever one, and how uh, she was hiring people to do like the coughing and like the picking up the phone and, you know, the PA or whatever, or what's, what's it called? The thing, the intercom or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah. It's just, I don't think, I guess people don't realize how quiet it is when, or how loud at the actual world is and how quiet sets are and how every single sound is like, somebody on purpose uh I can't imagine I, I like, know it's kind of blowing my mind now watching shows I'm like that's not real that's, yeah. that's yeah. not real like yeah they have to add all that is isn't it crazy that it's this totally fabricated world in terms of sound and actors and everything it's so crazy do you think um uh, I'm always so curious like I guess you wouldn't really know because you grew up in like movie and uh, TV world but like do you do you think you're more affected by the music choices people make than regular people yes <laughs> regular people <laughs> <laughs> yes I mean I'm I'm sure we're all offended by the same thing <laughs> same choices but now that I've I mean I had to grow into that kind of ear as well like I wouldn't I've now been to like the mix stage, which I actually really like. It's kind of, it's like way more intense than mis mixing a record because it's literally like, the, are those footsteps too loud? Yeah. Wow. That door had a weird echo when it closed, like stuff like that. I, I was like, this is mind blowing to yeah. me because, imagine. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think when I'm, especially with, with score stuff, if something isn't working for me, I, I definitely have an adverse reaction to it. And I will Google who the composer is. Yeah. Like, like I'm such a little bitch. I'm like, who is this composer? This sucks. That's awesome. And I'm sure it's not, not even their fault too. Cause that's the other thing about film and music is like, there's so many people involved. Yeah. So many non-musicians giving you, trying to give direction to music musicians and not like not having not that you need to be a musician to be able to to explain what kind of feeling you want but there's a lot of conflicted ideas of what will accomplish that yeah and it can be very non-musical sometimes yeah you know? that's so cool this is far out for real yeah it's like it's just it's and also how long kind of, I know it's probably different in each case, but like for this that you're doing now, like you're in before anything, stuff has been shot, but you just haven't seen it. Yeah. And how long does it take for this to come out? Like, well, this is a series and I think they're shooting until like the end of April. Okay. But, um, the editors start getting footage as it's being done okay. and they can start assembling things. And when they start assembling things is when they need to start 
using music. Oh, so you work with the editor mostly? So much. So much of my job is with the editor. (laughs) And and it's good to have a really good relationship with the editors because, um, you know, some editors are really aware of like costs and not putting in you know, a Britney Spears song or something like that. You know, they're really, they'll come to you and they'll say, hey, this is, you know, can I use this or can you find me something like this? But some editors, (laughs) if you're working on like a new indie film or something, know any better, they're cutting to it. And they can actually, you know, sometimes they get angry at you for saying, don't you dare cut to this because it's also impossible for me to match. So, cause it's matching not only like a BPM, but like a style. And if they've cut to it, they've cut rhythmically. So yeah. you've got to like find something that will replace that, that will, you know, and then it's not Britney Spears. It's a knockoff and you, nobody's as excited, you know? Yeah. So so your music supervisors, yes, they work extremely closely with the editors. And do you feel like when you're, I know this is impossible to ask you, like, how is your brain different from other people? But <laughs> like, when you listen to music, are you constantly kind of like filing it away in little corners of your brain? Like, I think that I am definitely. <laughs> and One thing that I really like about the job, (laughs) because, you know, I played music forever and I was a total record snob. I was just like one of those really, really annoying record snobs that was like, oh, this new band. I mean, I'm still, I can still rag on a few things, but now I'm like, it doesn't, it's like the sound is just to serve the project. Right. It's not like I can be a princess about, <laughs> you know, and then I end up finding that I like things like Britney Spears. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, this is so genius for this or whatever reason. Or like, even when a project like needs trap music or something, I'll yeah. be like, this music would normally drive me up a fucking wall. Yeah. But like, if it's, if it's in rhythm with the, with the character and the show and the vibe and like whatever, I can find myself totally loving the music afterwards, you know? So so cool. Yeah. I like that it's made me, because I'm a music lover and I'm so connected to music, I like that it's opened me up to experiencing music in a different way. That's awesome. No, totally. I feel I had like a real, um, we recorded our last record like a year ago, um, I guess it turns out it was a year ago in a couple of weeks. Crazy. Yeah. And I, to like get ready for that, I decided to not listen to music for three months and just not put anything in my mind. Um, That's smart. Yeah. But I was also just like, what, like what? is in your mind what has influenced you so far and I realized I was like heavily influenced a major influence is commercials and also like um musicals like 
hugely of what's in my mind. Um, just like that kind of melody. That's yeah. Like very, very extreme melodic, like um, ups and downs, you know, and just like the yeah. of that. And it, it, yeah, like other records, I've been like, you got to cram as much music into your head to rip off little tiny pieces from here and there. But yeah. like, this was just like, you've already heard everything. I mean, you've heard a lot, like, yeah. and every single, for me, it's all about like melody. And it's like every single melody, you've already heard it. It's just a matter of like sifting through it um, and finding what you want to use. But yeah, I guess I just, it changed my relationship to music because I kind of now um, do enjoy almost all music. You know, like, honestly, like I, I do enjoy it as, as just kind of like, that it can, I don't know, help me write in a way. Yeah. Know? Or just uh, influence me by what I don't like about it. Um, but yeah, like I've always, I love pop music and I live with my nephews and they play this thing, Just Dance. And it's just like, you just, you just dance to all yeah. these like pop songs. And I'm like, I love it. I love, like, I love Katy Perry. Like, I, I know I'm like late to that, but I'm just like, I love Katy Perry. Yeah. I love all these people. And it's not maybe something you would think that I would, but it's like, those are great melodies. Like, yeah, the words are kind of like, I've noticed on a lot of pop music, I am like, that's not fair. Those yes. words are so stupid. It's not yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, but like the melodies are, are popular for a reason. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what you tune into. <laughs> it's funny when you come to that, because I remember just even writing my own songs and stuff you usually start with like exactly what you said like what you like and what you're influenced by yeah. and like you kind of, and and that's fine like you meld your own sound by doing that you know and and I usually would get inspired and be like I want to make a record like this and this and this and this and I'd pull it all together and I'd be like you know, and I want to do this little Neil Young bit in here. And I want to do this little, you know, I don't know, Joni, Joni Mitchell thing in here. <laughs> but, uh, but um, it is incredible when you kind of let all that go and you just kind of go, okay, like, cause you've just, you've had so much, like there's so much that you've listened to, like you said, where it's just like, what, what do I really, what's like, what am I connecting with? My authentic sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, I think that uh, the space of this year has, and the space that I had before this year has really helped me, yeah, to find that and be like, oh, it's like, for me, I think my, my authentic sound isn't even me almost in any of it. It's just bringing all these other people together and like layering kids or whatever you know it's like totally uh, which I would never would have known uh if I were to yeah well, who knew but yeah but that yeah that's so cool so you have you so you always were into music and did you always know that this was a job like when did you <laughs> when did you learn that so no I didn't and the way that I learned it was <laughs> because my mom who is you know she's an indie filmmaker when I was like 10, she went to film school 
and she started making this movie called Border Radio with John Doe from X in it and Christy from The Flesh Eaters. And she loved music and her and her boyfriend made the movie at the time. And they were both like total LA punkers and like went to all these shows and she always had records, you know? So um, when she was making that movie, when she was in college, she ran into all sorts of crazy problems, even though it was, <laughs> even though it was, um, you know, like punk rockers, there was still issues and still things that had to be worked out. And, and even at that young age, I was listening, Dave Alvin actually did the score and the score is beautiful. I mean, it's on par with like a Ry Cooter's score, you know, it's so good. But she actually told me recently the way that they got the money to um, finish making the movie. And she said it was only 10 grand, but Enigma Records really wanted to own something by Dave Alvin. So they gave my mom and her boyfriend 10 grand to finish the movie so that they could put out the soundtrack. So um, (laughs) she just always had music in her movies. And then... Like after that one, she made a movie called Gas Food Lodging and I got really involved in the music on that because I was 16. Oh, wow. Cool. So I was like, you got to use this and you got to use that. And and then after that, like when I was in my 20s and I lived in New York, when I see you around there, um, she would be making movies and she would hit all sorts of problems. Like I remember she wanted to license a Smith song and, um, and like Morrissey had said yes, but Johnny Marr had said no. And it was like this whole convoluted thing. And it was, she needed it for really cheap because it was an indie movie and like Warner Chapel wouldn't give it to her. It was like this whole thing. And then she called me and she's like, can one of your friends do a cover of this song? Cause we can't afford the full song. So she was constantly calling me with things like this. And so I started to understand a little bit of like what went into all the music stuff. And I liked that I could help her, you know, I liked that I could go, Oh, I know somebody who can cover yeah. this Smith song and make it really cool and whatever. And so, then, you know, I was like waitressing in New York and I was thinking about coming back to LA and I was like, I want to do that job. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody was telling me, oh, it's so awful. You just have to like, it's not about being creative. You you have to do all this business, music business stuff. It's so awful. And then I was like, well, how hard could it be? I could figure, I could figure out how to license music and stuff. So I just kind of, I started working for like Danny Benair and people like this to help kind of learn how to do it. And then once I learned that, I mean, now I like, I'm working on a show that has a clearance person and I don't even have to worry about that. So hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. And that's, that's so cool. And you have a manager. So that's super cool. Like I did not know any of that. I, really had no idea. I, I don't understand how any of it works. So I imagine most people don't either because 
I guess it's part of my job, you know, but like, yeah. um, yeah, that's, I mean, I just literally, I guess probably think what most people think, which is that like you get handed the fully finished thing and then you like find which songs fit on top, yeah. which isn't true. No, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. And, and actually, since I've had this working with a clearance person, I told her the other day, because I had to listen for classical music. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, it was so nice to just lay on the couch and listen, like imagine the scene and listen to stuff and not have to be worried about like answering emails and getting yeah. clearances and like asking record labels if they can, you know, get the song for lower or, you know, just, yeah. just dealing with all that stress of the budget and stuff. Yeah. Well, it seems like everything has sort of changed in the music industry. It seems like it changes every year on this side, but does it change that much for the like music supervision stuff? Has that changed a lot? Well, I feel like shows are realizing like these, these, now, these streaming networks are realizing what what value music adds to their content. I thankfully, I think they're all start, starting to realize that that can set them apart from other That's shows. Cool. <laughs> That's yeah. something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. I mean, I think I think there's going to be a ton more shows, and I think you know, hopefully, the budgets will start picking up at least at Netflix I feel like they're recognizing that the music is an important part of their content um I think in terms of the other side with music and publisher like late record labels and publishers it's a little like harder now because they're raising their fees on stuff and um I mean, this is mostly, you know, major labels. And yeah. major <laughs> but like they, now I'm like, why is everything five grand more now? Like, yeah. it's just weird. It's like, things are like $50,000 and you're like, really? <laughs> I, I can't believe this, you know, but, yeah, um, yeah. and I understand it. I understand that it's the only way that, you know, artists have been able to make money in this past year, like literally we're hanging on, we're all hanging on and especially musicians. I mean, it's insane what musicians have had to go through. So in a weird way, I hope that the musicians that actually need it <laughs> are seeing are seeing the fruits of, of what the record labels and the publishers are charging now, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I've talked about this a few times now, but it's just like, the yeah the the industry is ridiculous i mean it's, yeah. if you were to tell an actor on a netflix show like we're not gonna pay you now but if a million people watch this show i'll <laughs> give you you know i mean it's just yeah. it's just completely ridiculous but and now also we pay to produce our own shows so that we can get paid back by people buying tickets but I think it's good because it's 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 it can't be any more ridiculous it's and people it needs to change or it's, you know like I, I mean I it has to change so I think it's like uh we you know it's finally as extreme as it can possibly it's, be it's um, insane it's <laughs> insane I just can't even believe 
what musicians go through. I you think know? it's kind of funny at this point, like at least in it's at least so crazy. a little bit funny. funny. It's like when they're like, oh yeah, and like the most dangerous thing you can do right now is sing. You know, like that we're shut, like just with yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, she, I, I knew at some point my job would be the most dangerous, like, you know, make us go back into the alleys or whatever, you know, but yeah, the whole thing is really, it's far out, but it's so messed up. I'm kind of, it's like, it, it's almost like it's hitting its rock bottom, I hope, so that it can change. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really, it's pretty silly. Like it's, it's it, and it's not futuristic at all. Like um, every other industry, I think has sort of figured out how to like adapt. And I don't think like um, streaming shows is adapting. Like we just have to figure out something a little bit better, but seriously, (laughs) seriously, it's so beyond. And that's why I like, I have a complicated relationship with like these people at these major labels where it's like, you know, fine. They want to charge, you know, $50,000, whatever they want to charge for Aerosmith or whatever it is, Britney Spears. But then I'm like, where has the support got, like where there's such a disparity between like the indie musician and the huge musician who's like completely blind to what's happening for it's like it's like the one percent to me within the music world and it's like it's like why is why is sony music and britney spears holding all the wealth up here so many people are getting shit on below it's just like in terms of music, there's no middle, there's no middle-class musician. There's no middle-class anymore. <laughs> you're, you're either dirt, poverty, poor musician, or you're like, you know, the Beatles. I don't know. Like it's totally, it's so weird. I mean, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Like I didn't, to me, like success is just getting to tour, you know, like that we're successful because we're a band and we get yeah. to play and that rules because not yeah. every band gets to, just be on tour live in your shitty punk house but like, yeah. you know it's like that was fine with me but now I'm like it's not fine we got to get together we got to make a change you know it's like I I want to see it I want to see it and then even the indie labels like the well-established indie labels I'm like are you reaching I don't know I mean maybe they are but I'm like are they reaching out to their artists to make sure that they're okay because they haven't been able to tour for like a year like yeah I don't know what the situation and I don't know if those indie labels are able to apply for loans or like what the situation is well yeah I think another thing I mean yeah our label is and I mean, but we're buddies, like we're just friends. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, it's not, it's just, <laughs> just like, yeah. hey, what's up? Uh, what's yeah. You? <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, something that I think is interesting is like a lot of people keep on asking, like, they're like, oh my God, are you okay? I can't, because, you know, this is obviously the longest I've gone without playing a show. It's been, yeah a year in one week and you know or and we we toured every other month which means that we got to escape reality every other month um but I feel like I feel pretty okay because I don't know why but I feel bad for like 
music isn't just something for musicians. It's like everyone, everyone's suffering. No one's getting to do what they want. But like the people that used to go to shows, like they needed it. Like they need it more than we need to play. Like what I, I don't, it's not for me to play. I mean, I love it. But this, like I said, like I like connecting with people about what they're excited about more than I like playing guitar. Um, (laughs) You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's such an important thing. And it's, that's why it's so silly that it doesn't, it's not treated as an important thing because everyone loves music. Everyone loves music. And yeah especially live music there's nothing uh, I know really like it you know um they I know didn't like it but <laughs> it's true I've just been like so you know I used to go to so many shows that I'd be like oh god if I was asked to go I'd be like no yeah and now I'm like, I will go to any the first show anybody <laughs> that invites me I will be there I don't care if it's too crowded yeah. I don't care if you know, there's assholes at the show. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to be excited to be there. Yeah, for sure. I can't, I can't even, yeah, totally. I'm excited to load gear. Like that's the yeah. thing is I can't, like, <laughs> I really like let myself go because I'm not walking up and down stairs with like a giant keyboard anymore. It's like a big change. Like my, the middle part of your body, I think is what gets the strongest from like lifting gear and I can barely like sit up it's crazy (laughs) you know (laughs) it's crazy you don't even realize like the muscles and stuff you use but or dancing or like the stuff you like wiggle out by listening to music or getting blasted in the head totally loud stuff but yeah yeah but I think I think it's coming around I think it's gonna come back (laughs) I know and we're all gonna be so happy yeah and um yeah i i'm really looking forward to that day yeah well i think i think it will be pretty soon i think like i also think it's like i used to hate playing outside i I have a hard time like you can't hear anything outside because it's not coming back to you but like i i'm aware that in the future i'm gonna play outside a lot and i can't wait for them yeah (laughs) like sign me up i will be in the hot desert at 110 degrees in the front row banging my head to death valley girls so (laughs) excited yeah what was the last show that you saw i saw kim gordon at the at zebulon on march 1st wow congratulations and i have to say i was very impressed with the show and I'm not the biggest Kim Gordon fan. So I was like, wow. So it was a good thing to end on because I yeah. wasn't sure what to expect. And I really liked the show. So, and I liked her band. She had a really cool band backing her up. And um, and I liked the songs. I liked the whole thing. So That's it was so cool. it was good. Yeah, I think like the last show I thought about going to was the mummies there. I was like, uh, I think they just said like, oh, stay home and I was like remember that it's the mummy I, know. I probably should go and then I didn't but yeah that was I can't remember anything else aside from that just like that that FOMO will last forever <laughs> I know I hope bands don't break up in between this yeah I don't I mean yeah I, I think that that's the goal is not to like this 
you know, like we survived it. <laughs> like, exactly. like, I'm sure a lot of couples are going through that. It's like, I don't want to be the one that let this break us up. Like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I, the only thing I'm having a hard time is like, I want now I'm like, since we had to all isolate, we had all the things we played, we played with like extra singers and saxophone. And I'm like, I don't want to go on the road unless we have saxophone and like three yes. extra singers and all this stuff. Seriously, it, bring know. it on. Yeah, I feel like if, we're, if it's safe enough for one of us, it's safe enough for all of us. Yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for some spectacular shows. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you would like to... Um, tell today tell this day that we're in um it's warm here in los angeles it's really right now warm which we have to be grateful for yeah even though it might be global warming which maybe we're not so grateful for but uh (laughs) compared to the rest of the world or united states and other northern places we're in good we're in good shape here it's some good stuff outside for sure. Yeah, it looks like spring outside, which is very nice. I took a walk. Very nice. Yeah. Did you go on a hike or just a regular walk? I just did a regular neighborhood walk. Cool. Mood enhancing, mood enhancing things like this that you got you can't take for granted in in Los Angeles. Yeah. Totally. I I agree with you. I've been I I walk the dog every morning and uh I was kind of like yesterday it was so hot. Like when we went on the walk at 10, I was like, oh, this sucks. Like, yeah. and she was all bummed. She's like, eh, it's too hot for yeah. me. And I was like, Jesus, we are so spoiled. You know, like, um, it's, it's 80s. That's, that's too hot for you, little doggy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I love your little pup. Thanks. Oh, one of the great things about the pandemic too is our love for animals yeah I feel like all of our animals have been really amazing support comfort I got another kitten like right when it happened yeah and are are they friends are the cats friends they're friends they're little friends and they like cuddle with each other and I'm just like I just want to give animal appreciation that's important for this for this long haul that we've had, they've been so needed and helpful. Yeah, I didn't realize that my dog was an emotional support pet. Like, uh, it, but it is like totally so much that, uh, and she's kind of a little wacky. So I'm her emotional support pet too. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's like it's an extension of of me, and it's a it's a reminder um, to like breathe and relax and like and smile and exactly yeah and say something in a high voice which I think is really good for you like hi like I think (laughs) I think that's like good for your body to like I think it is I think it is too I constantly talk to my girls as I call them (laughs) yeah always and I yeah it's true in the high voice it's just good for you I think it is like how they have like laughing yoga or like you know, stuff like stuff that seems silly, but really it's like, no, it's good for you. Like, totally. It's just, it's just good for you. Totally. Totally. Well, I thank you so much for coming here and talking to me. It was so great to talk to you, Bonnie. Yeah, you too. I want to go on a hike with you. Let's um, do it. 
cool. Well, um, I hope that you stay super, super safe and that this ends super soon. And Me too. I love you and thank you. For I love you too. Thank you so much. Have a really good day. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye.